Support for this episode comes from PCG Digital. It is anywhere from difficult to impossible to manage every aspect of the changing digital landscape. Rather than trying to do it yourself, why not leave it to an award-winning team of digital marketing specialists who have mastered it all? Connect your message with more potential customers with PCG Digital. Go to pcgdigital.com for more information. They understand their product or their solution, but they may not really understand who the audience is. And that's what you're trying to help them do. Because once you target to say, oh, well, this would be for this type of a a person, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's easier for them to talk about the solution and their product because now they have that. Is that their struggle really is who the real audience is? And that's what you want. Yes. Yeah. That a lot of that is the, the real struggle. They, um, obviously I'm working with technical founders, um, VCs, people mm-hmm. who are highly um, intelligent and, and know their product inside and out, right? Like they've developed it, they've, they've written the code for it. Um, and so, but then they kind of are like, they can't see the forest through the trees, right? They're mm-hmm. so entrenched in it that they believe that their audience is them or their audience is the person they intended the product to be for, right? Like, well, I developed it. This is what it does. This is who it's for. Um, And sometimes that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are times where it is, but most often the audience becomes um, something outside of yourself, someone outside of your own needs. And so what they really struggle with is understanding who these people are, why are they buying? A lot of them don't know why they're using their product. Um, what they like about the product and then what they don't. And then how is the best way to engage this audience? And and through the one-on-one conversations and, and insights like that we do for um, understanding the best buyer persona, we really are able to, to understand all of those things much clearer. And I, I say, like in my process, it becomes very obvious to me um, that this is who they are or this is uh, an overall theme that they struggle with or a very common pain point to where I think, oh, well, they, the founder must know because it's so obvious, right? Like I've done 20 conversations now mm-hmm. and it's very apparent, um, but I know that that's when I'm on the right track, right? So the, the founder hasn't had all the conversations or the CMO hasn't been able to have all of these conversations. Um, and when the insights become really obvious to me, that's when I know, okay, we're on the right track and like right. we're really creating a, a high value product for them as far as the buyer persona goes. So why, you touched on it earlier, but it it still astounds me. Why do companies not embrace these conversations? You know, the default is we'll just send out a survey and see what mm-hmm. happens. Is it just time consuming or they don't really want to hear what they're saying? Um, I think a little of both. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. time consuming, but I've tried to preach that um, really, you can create a buyer persona or do this customer research, customer development in one hour a week. Um, it'll take you a while, but I want to help and, and encourage founders that it's not as consuming and overwhelming as you think it may be. Right. Um, so some of it is that. Some of it is they just don't want to bother their customers. They feel like they're paying. 
they're happy or we think they're happy. Right. Let's just leave them alone. Don't disturb them. Like let them be, let them keep paying their subscription. Um, like in SAS, there's kind of a fear that if we show up at the wrong time or in the wrong way, they're going to cancel their subscription and, and then we're going to have a high increase in churn. Um, and I haven't found that to be true. When I reach out to customers to interview, really what I just say, hey, we're trying to do this. Like we're trying mm -hmm. to create this experience. We're trying to learn these things. Um, I want to hear about you. I want to hear about your experience. Would you mind sharing? Um, and usually people want to, they want to talk. They want to share about their own experience and how they feel or, or how something went for them. So um, the conversations are important and they're good to have. But yeah, it's definitely a challenge um, to convince some of those CMOs and founders that this is the first step. Like in my process, and I've kind of gotten to a point now to where if you reach out to me, you know that's the first step so you don't argue anymore. Mm -hmm. But at the very beginning, there was a lot of coaching and a lot of education where I was like, no, we really have to get on the phone. A survey we will do. I do do surveys as well. I think there's a place and a time and a benefit, um, but you got to get on the phone in some aspect with your customers. No, I, I think that's really important. I agree with you. And I, and I, as a business owner, understand that fear of, if I'm calling up and saying, how are we doing? It could be in my mind perceived as I'm worried, mm -hmm. right? And then someone goes, well, why are they calling me up? Maybe something's wrong. It makes them versus just deal with the churn you have. But the problem is, is that if you're not reaching out in some way mm -hmm. to have a touch point, um, then all of a sudden you get the, yeah, everything's great. And then all of a sudden a cancellation notice comes you know, and you're going, I thought you were happy. Oh, yeah, well, uh, and off they go. So I, yeah. I, I I, understand that fear, but I, I think what you're bringing to your clients, I think is so key. One, because someone else is doing it for you. So it's off of my plate as a founder at a CMO. Yes. But on the flip side, I'm also getting a third party, maybe, a, you know, unbiased viewpoint. Like you're not... Mm -hmm you're not trying to manipulate the customer's response or you're not trying to, if I'm the CMO, I want to make sure it's all good feedback versus right. you're just, Hey, here's the feedback. Now, what are we going to do with it? So I think yeah. that, that to me is more value. Well, not more value. It's an important value of your company uh, because you are unbiased and you are just that third party giving them the feedback. And here's, here's what, what we're hearing from your customers. Yeah, that's an important point, too, um, that even one of my most recent clients I've been working with, I uh, was working with their project manager. So she was also on the product side and she mm -hmm. was on the marketing side. And she said, you know, I listened to your interviews and you did it so differently than we had in product. When we were doing them before, we were really just trying to like, make sure they knew this thing was here or we really wanted to make sure we got specific insights or we would try to convince them. Um, I've been, I take every customer discovery interview that I can because I'm super curious as how other people do this as well. Right. So as a customer, if you ask me, hey, do you have any feedback? I'm like, yes, come, let's interview, let's talk about this. Right. Um, and every single one I've done has been with the founder of the company. And anytime I say, well, I didn't like the way this went, their natural response is to educate me on how I'm wrong, um, tell me how what their product is doing is right, right and basically defend their product. And I said, if you 
as when I'm teaching people how to do these interviews, if you get yourself in defense mode, if you find yourself defending the product, you have stopped making that conversation about your customer and you've started making it about you. So right. you have just stopped learning, you have stopped gathering insights, and now you are on the defense and you're trying to explain your product. And that's, as a customer, it's frustrating to be like, this is how I felt and that was a little frustrating. I didn't like this thing about it. Um, to then be told, well, no, you got that wrong. That's right. not exactly how it is. It's supposed to be like this. And I mean, how the way those conversations finished was just me like, oh, okay, well then you don't really care to hear what I have to say and that's fine. And uh, you know, we I quickly kind of end the conversation and move on from there. So being a third party who has no buy-in in the product, mm-hmm. um, you know, I try to do a, a certain level of understanding of what it is and what, what it solves and, and things like that, but I can't go back and and fix a customer complaint or I can't actually adjust or do anything like that. Um, when they complain in such a way, I'm like, wow, that sounds really frustrating. Will you tell me more about that? Like that becomes the opportunity to learn more, to gather more insights. Um, and it's easy for me to say as a third party, like, well, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, that sounds really frustrating. Um, I don't have any power to fix it. I'll make sure so-and-so hears about this, but tell me more. Um, so it really does take any pressure off of like solving an issue or turning the call into customer success or, um, you know, a sales level chat. It's completely off, um, the board. They know it's, we're just here just to talk about their experience. Or even as, as you said, is getting defensive because Mm -hmm. if it is my product or my service, I even, you know, I want you to have a great experience, but if you're not having it, I'm going to try and convince you, as you said, no, no, you missed how this is supposed to happen Yeah, because this is the way I designed this. And then the person's going, well, you stopped listening to me. Now mm-hmm. you're just talking. Okay, thank you. And I think the danger of that also is it can allow the customer to start thinking, well, what if I really have a problem, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. called me up for customer support or, or advice and you're not listening to me. What's going to happen when I have a problem and I call yeah. your support line? Is this what I'm going to get as well? So I think having that third party who has no skin in the game other than gathering data, gathering information mm-hmm. and communicating it back gives you a much cleaner uh, sense of what what's going on so that you can make adjustments if, and this is why someone would reach out to your company, if you really are concerned or care about truly what experience your customers are having once they're done with what you've set up, be it they came into your store and dealt with it and left, or they bought it online and they dealt with it on and they left or whatever the, however they got that product and now they're using it. Are they thinking this is really good? Or are they going, ah, uh, not really helpful. Right. So, So I think it's really good.